Hello and welcome to Wimcast number three. This is probably the most underprepared podcast that is now currently on iTunes and we'll give you a link to that in a second. Um, this is Mark from Mark's Got Problems and this is Eddie Bose. Say hello, Eddie. Hi, Eddie. So, Eddie, we Hi. are now currently on iTunes and various other media. Do you want to give us a plug? Give our give our give all of our media a plug? Well, we are, we are on Twitter, at Vaults of Whimsy. We are also on... The YouTubes. We're on the tubes. We haven't actually got our own custom URL yet because YouTube make you wait something like 30 days before they make one available to you. Oh, do they? Well, that's a bit annoying. But you can find us at the Vaults of Whimsy. I'm sure when we find it, we'll we'll have it up. And that's just uh, little clips, five-minute clips, three-minute clips of um, our lovely conversations. Just little previews. Yeah, and we are on... The iTunes, despite the first podcast in which we spat on the memory of Steve Jobs, <laughs> we are on iTunes. It's a, it's a. We do apologise profusely to Steve Jobs, and we'd like to thank him because apparently the uh, the great overlord in the sky has granted us access to the greatest of podcast directories. I still think he's a turtle wearing dick. Turtle wearing turtle neck. Wearing he didn't wear turtles. Just, just putting it out there. He did. <laughs> Just wearing a turtle shell, he comes out to a big lecture. This is my turtle. Um, I believe, if I look, we are actually still on the new and noteworthy page of I, of of the tunes. We are still on the new and noteworthy. We're currently on the new and noteworthy features page. Yeah, um, there we are. So... We are going to persevere today through, basically if there's a load of background noise it's because I'm sat in a flat which is being pummeled by 40 mile an hour winds um, right this second. I don't know what the weather's like where you are, Eddie. Yeah, uh, pretty grotty. Well, I think we've, we've, we've covered the interesting topics <laughs> right out of the traps. Yep. Uh, speaking, of, um, speaking of music sharing platforms, one of the first subjects that we're going to cover today is <laughs> Segway Alert. <laughs> One of the first topics we're going to cover today is Jay-Z's... Well, it's not really new anymore, because we're always late to the party on this, being pretty whimsical and also late to the party on podcasting in general. But is his new music-sharing platform entitled Tidal. I don't know if you've heard of it, Eddie. Yeah, I I have heard of Tidal, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, It's been all the rage these days. It's all the rage. It's all the rage with the hip kids on the street. Yeah, I'm sure. So, basically, in March, um, Jay-Z kind of debuted in amidst a big media furore he called a press conference, which had what can only be described as a pseudo-contract signing. Oh, God, that. Oh, my God. Did you God. see that? Yeah, I watched that. That was... And it included sort of such luminaries as Nicki Minaj, Madonna, Kanye West, Daft Punk, Arcade Fire, uh, Beyonce, obviously. Um... Dead Mouse. And I think the sort of unique selling point of this music sharing platform is that nobody on the planet actually knows what it is. <laughs> it's just something you need. It's something you need to buy. Yeah, you need to you pay need a subscription of nine ninety nine to uh, to subscribe to. Who the, who 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 gives a toss anyway? No. Um, yeah, it's it it. There's not much going on about it. I mean. It's a it's a music and video streaming software. I just dropped my USB. A music and video streaming software, sort of in the likes of Spotify, RDO, Beats Music, etc. But I think I I mean why? Like I said, there's already Spotify, RDO, Beats Music, 
Exactly. I think I, I think the sort of argument in favour for it was sort of like Jay Z trying to come out and appear like he had this conglomerate of artists who wanted to sort of take music independent and kind of give it back to the fans and basically yeah. say you can pay a premium and you will have more control over the kinds of content that we we get to put out. It will be higher quality than than uh, the sort of mass music industry general quality because they have to churn out so much on a weekly basis or whatever. But as uh, 50 Cent has come out in the last 20 hours and publicly pointed out... 50 Cent? <laughs> 50 has come out and he's he's talking about this, man. He's, he's, pissed. he's pissed. pissed. So he's also late to the Tidal thing. He's, he's late to the Tidal thing, but I think he's only just come out and spoken about it now, probably because he's getting asked questions about it. Right, okay. Um, and it's probably annoyed him because the business model is clearly a little bit flawed. I don't want to come out and criticise it too heavily because obviously oh. we haven't seen... Um, Figures. We haven't seen the fruits of the fruits of the of the tree yet. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the tidal tree. <laughs> the tidal tree. Why am I just speaking in metaphors today? I'm like a leprechaun. <laughs> Guess what I'm talking about. <laughs> Can you see? For it is me, but it is also not me. Someone hand me a ladder to clamber myself out of this well that I've just dug. (laughs) Do you see? For it blows in the wind. That sounds like a nice ride bell, man. Is that is that is that an actual music symbol? No, it's a it's a pint glass and a spoon. Is it? I'm a musician. It's quite musical, man. I like that. (laughs) Topical, considering that we're talking about music platforms. Yes, I'm a real musician, unlike Jay Z. (laughs) What? Sorry. So let's let's try and pull the the, the plane out really of this nosedive. Really back in. Um, basically, Fifty Cent has come out and pointed out that none of the artists that have actually signed onto this project own the rights to their music anyway. Okay, I didn't realise that. <laughs> they're all owned by um, labels, you know, the, I imagine. Yeah, by major labels, and none of them own the rights to their own music. So. You can't really say that anything on Tidal is going to be exclusive. So the question <laughs> then becomes, why would you pay a premium for something that's going to be available everywhere else anyway? Yeah, I mean, I know that Tidal's offering the, the high, fidel- high fidelity, I can never say that word, high fidelity um, music being streamed. So they're using um, FLAC, lossless audio, um, which streams at about, was it 1,411 KBS? Which is... That's- Pretty hi-fi. CD quality, which is yeah. you know, pretty hi-fi. But um, but you, but to get that, you have to pay $20 a month. That's redonkulous. That's redonkulous. So imagine that for streaming that, that's $240 a year. Do we, do, do, does anybody know what a premium Spotify subscription that is? I, I, well, I have a premium Spotify subscription, but I have it through um, my Vodafone contract. <laughs> oh, so, so it's kind of built into it's your... It's kind of built in. Well, I use it. It's great. But um, normally uh, $9.99 was the same as Tidal's normal one, so $120 a month. But I guess oh, they're, yeah, not streaming at, they're not streaming at the same KPBS. They're, the highest you stream at with um, Spotify is 320 which is a lot less. And also, uh, if you're not streaming, if you don't have your high-quality audio selected, you'll stream about 126. So I guess my next question is, do we know if if Tidal have an exclusive deal with this this type of um, file transfer, like the FLAC technology? I don't, I'm not... I'm, I imagine not. I imagine anyone can... can... I, I was going to say, so what's going to stop the major labels who actually own the rights to their music just bamboozling them by re-releasing their music or streaming it from their own platforms? I think, I think the point is that no one else has done it because 
who wants to stream hi-fi audio? If you're so much of a sort of mu- like, I- I'm a bit of a sound nut, I like my headphones, I like my hi- hi-fi music and stuff like that. If you really want that, you buy CDs or you buy vinyls, if you're really that interested, you know? And also, I mean, who has $240 to stream music? If you're that into music and stuff like that, you buy music and it will be far cheaper for you. Yeah, their demographic does seem to be a little strange, doesn't it? It seems to be appealing to people who are going to be paying a lot of money for high-tech. A lot of money. Because, I mean, when I had Spotify Premium, when I did pay for it, the original, the £10 a month thing, I did it on the basis of, if I listen to one album, one new album a month, it's totally worth it. $20 a month... That means I have to listen to at least two new albums a month. That means I have to listen to 24 album, new albums in a year. Uh, is there that much new music coming out that one person will be interested in? Good question. Not for me. Yeah, I don't I don't think for me either. And also I think there's another issue which is that I I am a bit of a tech head like you. I like I like my, you know, my high quality technology. I like to try and find the best. Could have fooled kind of- me with that microphone, Mark. <laughs> uh, well, the good news is I've actually I've actually just invested in a, in a proper quality microphone. I'm oh, not going to be good. using a uh, a dictaphone to be recording this audio anymore, which is always a plus. So next week we're actually going to be uh, doing a, a live comparison between the uh, the Blue Snowball Omnidirectional USB mic and Eddie's mic, which is Samsung Meteor Condenser. So they're both pretty, they're, they're kind of like the low semi-pro range mics, which we've just revealed our, our audio quality right here. It's behind uh, the curtain. You can tell what it is anyway. <laughs> yeah. Coming behind the curtain of the vaults of whimsy, we don't give a shit. Nobody listens to this anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you do want to peek under my blanket. <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, there's, there's, there's kind of a more general point that, that you know we like we like looking at technology and looking for the best deals for bang for our buck. But I mean, I think there's always a, an underlying law which is that laziness prevails. Like, yes. If there's if there's an alternative which is slightly less quality, but it's it requires a lot less effort to 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 get it, I would rather go for that in most cases. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean. And also in the same way that um, the way I use Spotify now, this may be unique to me, I don't know, but I imagine this is how many people use Spotify, is for using it on your mobile. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I I stream it on my mobile. The reason I wanted to get premium is because obviously I live in London, so I'm always on the tube, which means that I I lose signal. Now, uh, Spotify premium, you can download... Uh, offline files you know so you can only use it within spotify but they are available when you have no signal which is perfect for me on the tube um that's the main reason i wanted it now think about it on your streaming through the internet on your mobile uh <laughs> and you pay 20 dollars a month to get hi-fi streaming which streams at one 1411 kbs yeah God damn, that is going to be an expensive phone contract. That is going to run through your data like nobody's business. <laughs> you know? And so, really, that's pointless then. Why, you know, because I... And also, do you really take your... I know you see some people out with their gigantic headphones on it, but I use my in-ear Sennheisers. They're good. They're not amazing. They're good. So, the hi-fi streaming is, is pointless. Because then, when if you're so interested, like I said, in hi-fi at home... You have a hi-fi, you know, you yeah. have CDs, you have a vinyl, which I'm looking into getting because I'm a nerd. But, you know, vinyl is, is always going to be the, the most high-fidelity music you can get. Yeah. 
Mostly. I completely agree with most, you on all mostly, those points. Not always, mostly. New new vinyls, a bit different. But we won't get into that. Yeah, yeah, we won't go into the into the kind of retro hippie, well, the hipster cool... Hipster cool, society. Hipster cool, trendy, wendy stuff yeah. that I don't understand, but I wish <laughs> I could, because I wish I could be that cool. But yeah. Well, not, you're, you're, you're that cool, Mark. You are that cool. I'm sat at home recording a podcast, mate. You're, you're the co-host of the Vaults of Whimsy. You are the coolest. <laughs> I'm the I'm like the sidekick. I'm and you're the. I'm, you're, I'm, I, I thought I was the sidekick. Nah, man, you're the you're the flagship. You, oh, you've okay, got, am I? You've, you're a dreamboat. You've got the laugh. You've got. I've everything. got. I've got the laugh. <laughs> 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 anyway, reeling it back, reeling it back. Come on. Trying to pull the, the the this plane out of a tailspin. I agree with all the points you made there. So I think we're getting to a place where we're kind of saying that the technological benefits of tidal aren't really going to outweigh the convenience of things like iTunes and Spotify no and way. all the other competitors. Yeah. The thing that I found kind of intriguing about um, Tidal when the press releases first started happening was the media narrative that they were bringing out, which was trying to trying to make it so it seem as if the artists were kind of trying to relate more to the people that are going to be buying their music by saying, "Yeah, you know, uh, we're trying to take it away from this big corporate arena and we're trying to give it back to the people. The trouble that I found with the way that they did this, though, was they kind of made a big error in terms of putting a bunch of millionaires up on a stage, millionaires and billionaires, and then yeah. <laughs> having them all complain about not being paid. Yeah, um, it is that. It is It is entirely that. I'm just uh, reading here, there's a little... Um, it's part of the declaration signed by the 16 music artists. Part of it says, Tidal is an artist-majority-owned company with a mission to re-establish the value of music and protect the sustainability of the music industry rooted in creativity and expression. And then, like you said, 16 millionaires signed it who got their millions from the music industry. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> it's essentially like they've just they've just run a marathon and they're way out in front. They've got positions 1 through 16 and they've yeah. all just turned around at the end just before stepping over the finish line and flipped off the people behind them. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. And then hopped neatly over the line. And then just, you know, stepped over. And then some no, you know what? Some and then someone runs up, picks them up and carries them over the finish line while they flip <laughs> off the, the, the poor runners at the back. Yeah. It is, it is ridiculous. It, entirely ridiculous. And, I mean, so that that is where it comes in. So Tidal obviously will also offer a higher royalty rate for, the, for their place to the artist. So they get more money from streaming through Tidal than through other things. Now, what I can mildly understand the issue, which is in the terms of, Spotify, for example. Now, the way Spotify works is uh, Spotify, the company, gets money through adverts, gets money through subscriptions, and then so they get a total. They get a big total at the end of however, like a month, let's say. I don't know if it's entirely a month, but they get a big total at the end of the month. It's a certain number. Now, what they do is they break down which artist got how many views and then give them a proportion of that total to them based on how many plays they got. So that just kind of sounds like a pretty standard model for most social media at the moment. Most social online things is the more views you get, the more money you'll get. That's how YouTube works if you're a partner on it, and that's how Spotify works. Now, the problem is, of course, which does, it basically boils down to the point where one play gets you less than a penny, let's say. It's not very much. You don't get much for the one play but you it it builds up and so when you're jay-z you're getting millions and millions of plays so you don't get 
as much as an album sale. But you still do better than the new guy who's just started a band and he's just getting himself on Spotify. He's getting no money whatsoever. This is the thing. I mean, the thing that's sort of grating on me a little bit with the business model that they've decided to go for is that it goes against everything I've kind of, I've been hearing uh, about music uh, futurism, where basically they've been trying to devise models where the artist gets paid but people get music for free. And I think a lot of artists, in fairness, with the exception of people like Lars Ulrich, who famously launched that dickhead campaign against Napster. He is a, such a total dick, though, isn't he? Yeah, so, so, so I've just found a, a pull quote here from Marcus Mumford from Mumford & Sons, who's, oh, who's yeah. come out and said, you know, we want people to be able to listen to our music in the most comfortable way possible, and if they're not up for paying for it, I don't really care. Good man. And also Lily Allen's come out and tweeted against Tidal for a similar reason. She said, you know, I love Jay-Z, but Tidal's so expensive compared to other perfectly good streaming services. Um, So the business model they're employing seems to be grating on a lot of artists and the way that the music industry seems to have want to have been progressing towards allowing the artists to get the music for free and the content for free, but also giving the, the artists... That the money that they deserve, because quite frankly, if you're an artist, you need to get paid. Oh, for sure. I mean, they they obviously they they are selling a product. Let's say, you know, like there there is this way that you know music is art, and of course it is. But at the same time, they are making a product to sell. They need to be paid for it in some way. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Records don't sell anymore. So the no, it's a shame. It is a shame. They might. I I have a feeling that they may start to sell soon. Do you think so? In 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 coming years, because of all this streaming bullshit. People are going to get to the point where they're just going to go, you know what, I want a record, you know? Well, it seems like physical sales in terms of like vinyl, like we touched on earlier, vinyl sales seem to have increased in the last... Oh yeah, they're getting bigger now. If I'm completely honest, my favourite way to listen to a record is to put it on a... um, you know, just to put it on a turntable and get it yeah. through some analog speakers, and it's fucking. It is sorry, I'm swearing. I'm getting very excited. <laughs> it is the best. It's so good. No, it is this. It's just. Such I'm a... sorry. It's just. A, it's a perfectly serviceable bloody uh, Tuesday afternoon where you're trying to sit down and have a bloody listen to a podcast, and you've been sworn at. <laughs> Fuck you, listener. No, um, it is the best. It's, and also, just the idea of owning the music. You know, as in like. You have a a physical copy of it, you know, and like especially if it's a special, if it's like the Beatles White Album. If you own the Beatles White Album, you have the White Album by the Beatles. You don't have a a, a license to play it. Yeah, exactly. You don't have a digital license, but you don't have the beepy boopy version of it. You know, you don't have the thing that I, I'm in the same way with all this sort of online stuff, the cloud-based stuff. Um, in terms of when I play video games, I use Steam, and I've th- hundreds of pounds, maybe not thousands, but hundreds of pounds worth of um, online content in Steam. If Steam ever dies, and and the servers go, I lose everything. This is the really annoying thing that I've, I've I, that I find about licensing, and I know it's a common argument, and everyone talks about it all the time. It's nothing new, but like I I love being able to go and give my like if I've got a record that I want somebody to borrow, I want to be able to I've paid for it. I want to be able to go and give it to them and let them listen to it. Yeah, I mean these days it's a bit easier. iTunes you can just sort of like whack files here and there. It's a bit e- it's a bit easier. It used to be sort of DRM to to nobody's business, but now it's not now now it's not so much. But at the same, it's still at the same time. If iTunes was to die, and all your money was in iTunes, all your all your music was in iTunes, and 
if it was to die, sure, you might have like a backup. You might have all the files there. But if you, that lost it, you would never be able to download them again. But in the same way, obviously, if you own a vinyl and it breaks, t- tough, tough titties. You know, that that's just gone. But at least, at least the the ownership and the upkeep of your record collection, your music, is down to you, not losing it. Yeah. Whereas not down to to someone's servers going. Oh, well, our servers died and we've gone bankrupt. Goodbye. So in ter- in, in in terms of title, I think we've gotten to a place where we we can say that superficially, I think the kind of media narrative they were trying to run is kind of intriguing. But they've kind of uh, shot themselves in the foot or fucked themselves in the arse. I'm going to edit one of those out and then I'm going to select which one I think is most appropriate um, by standing a, a bunch of billionaires up on a stage and. You know, doing what can only be described as the most hokey media event that I've seen in probably the last 15 years. Madonna signing that contract and she, like, puts her... Le- do you have to do that? Uh, she puts her leg up on the table and immediately everyone's like, oh, don't fall over. That's the thing about Madonna. Ever since the... Um, was it either the VMAs or the Brit Awards? You have to sort of... She's got to have people following her around with a trampoline. <laughs> just in case. I, I love Madonna. I absolutely love Madonna, but... Uh, She's a bit of a she's a she's a bit of a trip hazard these days. <laughs> but um, also with like Daft Punk coming out in their you know odd gear and Dead Mouse coming out with his giant mask on, and 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 I mean, also the the other thing the other thing right they're all signing the contract. Why was Chris Martin's face on a screen? Like some sort of weird 1984 <laughs> overlord looking down on the ple- on the plebs of society. Like, look at my music studio. It was weird, man. I didn't like that. They were selling it like we're giving music back to the fans. But really, the messages you can get from the kind of iconography there was uh, Chris Martin and Jay-Z are reclaiming the music industry as, as like the emperors of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just... Here's our declaration of independence. Oh, declaration of independence. We, we are the new overlords. Here's our declaration of independence, but we own no rights to the material that we're going to be peddling. Yeah, exactly. That is also... But also, I mean, like... It, so, like I said, I mean, obviously I understand that these were big name acts, and so you want to get people behind it because they're thinking, oh, if I go to Tidal, I get to listen to these people. But, like I said, it's not actually going to be exclusive or anything like that. But, I mean, what about other artists... That was only that was pretty much one genre of music was being not not necessarily one genre but sort of like one end of the musical spectrum was being was being presented there, you know. Where were the rock bands? Where were the jazz musicians? Well, I suppose were... they had they had Arcade Fire, but uh, did they? I don't. Yeah, yeah, Arcade Fire were on board. Uh, were they on stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. And obviously, Chris Martin is from Coldplay, but you know they're sort of more. But but you know, so about I mean, you know, like where where was Slipknot? <laughs> you know, where was where were the little indie bands? Where were, I think, um, but I would just you know I'd love to you know like Daft Punk came out in their like get up. What about if <laughs> Slipknot came out in all their masks? <laughs> you know, just, like signing things with the nail through their face and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> but um, you know, like I think a lot of people have said that it's like um. You know, they're, they're saying, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're giving music back, and then it's only really sort of the pop music industry. Where's the rock? Where's the jazz? Where's, where's the... the representation, man? Where? Yeah, exactly. Why couldn't they have gone, hey, what about, why don't we get people from all of the musical genres to sign up? Maybe they, they just tried and they couldn't. Yeah, maybe a lot of it. But then, again, that's what I'm saying, is that maybe, you know, these sort of self-published artists, you know, maybe they... Are like, well, no, it's stupid. 
I, th- I think that's got to be that's got to be why that a, a lot of people haven't really signed on and got on board with it, and and the fact that it's a bit like a 1984 kind of kind of deal. Speaking of which. I guess the only thing that we can hope is that this title platform doesn't become self-aware and try to take over the world. Segway alert! Segway! My eyes have just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> my brains fell out my ears. Um, so, uh, Eddie, I want to ask you a question. Do you think that at any point in the future, technology or computers or artificial systems would become anything that we could describe as being intelligent? Uh, well, it's looking at my computer, which I put together myself, I'd say no, but that's probably because I built it. Um, I, I, I'm sceptical at best. Sceptical or cynical? Sceptical. Sceptical. It could happen. It really could. You don't. You never know. I don't know the extent in which we can create artificial intelligence and computer systems. And considering the way that uh, technological innovation has gone in the last twenty years, is ri- ridiculous. And things like Siri now. You know, I know obviously Siri's not sort of self-aware and amazing, but you would never have had that in the nineties. In the even in the even in two thousand, it would it wouldn't have been anywhere near as as clever and or as you know quick to act and stuff like that but do you really think we could get something that as you would say would pass the turing test would be well the turing test is interesting um the turing test for people that don't know is uh due to the famous uh, mathematician and code breaker uh from the second world war alan turing but the turing test is essentially turing posed a question which is that if a machine could be said to have intelligent behavior equivalent to or indistinguishable from that of a human could it be called uh, conscious or artificially intelligent um do i think that it's possible well um rec- until very recently um the kind of standard position in the school of thought on this um is that i mean our, our most intelligent uh, computer at the moment is a deep blue the chess playing computer given that basically we've only been able to create a, a machine that's capable of doing one particular skill uh, very very well it's not likely it, as in, in in terms of it can't learn one set of instructions and apply it to something else yeah exactly it exactly that, that kind of flexibility in in its intelligence that's exactly yeah exactly that's yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say man <laughs> oh wow weird that's so weird <laughs> it's like we fucking Have, uh, would i would we haven't scripted this or anything no mark would i would i pass the turing test i think you already have passed the turing test because i don't think you would you don't think I would pass a Turing test? No, I think you're too sort of calculating and logical. I don't think I am. I think I'm... I, I think you're a robot. Do you? Yeah. The beard gave it away. It's too even. That's exactly what somebody who was trying to uh, deceive me of the fact that they were a robot would say. Yeah, but that's exactly what someone who is being accused of a robot, who actually is a robot, but doesn't want to think that anyone else is a robot. Triple bluff! <laughs> <laughs> so, I should stop doing that. Anyway, stop doing that. <laughs> reel it back in. So, um... But I listened to a podcast by Sam Harris, and I want to hedge this at the start by saying that apparently to mention Sam Harris's name on the internet is to court controversy, um, because there seems to be a big divide between the people who just mercilessly bum out Sam Harris for no particular reason, <laughs> and those, those who have anything that might be semi-critical to say about him, even though they might agree with, say, 98% of his views, uh, they might, as soon as you, you're critical of Sam Harris, it's to invite a hail of just vitriol from the internet. We can't be doing that. So I want to say, I want to preface this by saying, I have no, I'm completely neutral on Sam Harris. 
I don't dislike him. I don't like him. I don't care about any of his views apart from this one. <laughs> you are on the fence. You so on the fence. He recounts a story where he uh, he he basically was invited. Well, he wasn't invited. He actually managed to get himself invited by kind of talking his way into it because he's got a he's got a friend in the industry uh, to a, to a, a media conference about artificial intelligence, and it was in South America. And it's one of these uh, events which basically is is presided over by Chatham House Rules. Do you know what Chatham House Rules are? No. So the Royal Institute of International Affairs basically sets up this kind of rule base where you have a closed door conference, so you don't invite the media to the to the event, and everyone going in signs an agreement to say that they can they can. Sometimes the 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 rules are such that you can talk about the um, the the general overview outside the conference of of some of the the topics that were covered, but you can't cite people. Right. Okay. Um, sure. But sometimes you also, I mean, like the the Bilderberg conference is 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 presided over uh, by Chatham House Rules, and that's a completely closed door conference where you can't cite the speaker and you can't talk about the topics that were raised. But this conference, you can talk about some of the general topics yeah. that were covered. Okay. Like apparently, apparently, some very very reputable people. We're just going completely against the popular conception of what artificial intelligence is capable of and will be capable of in the next 20 years. Just to sketch what the kind of the popularist view is, um, is basically the, you know, the one we sketched earlier. And the reason, like the foundational reason for that is due to an observation made in 1965 by a guy called Moore, Gordon Moore. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's the guy that founded Intel. Yes. Sure. And he observed that the number of transistors per square inch on integrated circuits roughly doubles every year since the circuit was invented. Yeah, yeah, I know, I've heard this. So Moore kind of predicted this trend would continue for the foreseeable future. The only trouble with Moore's law is that if if the number of transistors per square inch on integrated circuits doubles once every year for the foreseeable future, that means that the, the space on which a transistor... Um, has shrinks exponentially yes. every every, every year. year yeah. Eventually, we'll we'll get to a point on silicon and uh, transistor integrated circuits where there's not even enough space for electrons to interact. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Uh, so, so basically, we're gonna there there is going to be a law of diminishing returns whereby transistor and silicon based circuitry becomes obsolete. Yeah, it just can't go do any more. Yeah, it can't it can't process any higher. And you would imagine that the kinds of um, complexity that a circuit would need to achieve in order to to, to yield artificial intelligence would be pretty high. It would be unfathomably high. Yeah. So I'm guessing I'm guessing any kind of plausible artificial intelligence type system would have to be probably minimally on quantum computing or something Some, like that. Something along those lines, I would imagine as well. Yeah. So the standard view is no, but apparently some of these people at this conference that Sam Harris visited were saying that it's actually not not out of our reach to create something that could be at least intelligent across a spectrum of different applications. Right, okay. Crazy. A lot of theorists think that the key to this would be to get something that can self-improve. It can notice its own flaws and then correct for them in real time. In, 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 in a sense, is aware of itself, is self-aware. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. If, I if, never if, if it, it, like it can realise uh, you know, errors in its own judgement, then it is yeah. aware that it is a thing doing things 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, is yeah. kind of scary. So, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so just to re- just reveal something. Uh, th- th- this isn't this isn't so far out of the realms of possibility um, because I recently went to a conference where there were a couple of people that were talking about how to use fuzzy logic for exactly this kind of application. They weren't necessarily talking about computer systems. They were talking about it in terms of uh, correcting for things like ballistic missiles and stuff right, like that. Okay. You can actually use fuzzy logic algorithms. You basically run a regular logic algorithm yeah. and then you fire a, a missile between point A and B and then you run a fuzzy logic algorithm which does the corrective work to improve the original binary logic algorithm so you can actually run these kinds of algorithm algorithms that are self-correcting they're not they're not out of the realm of possibility so right okay sure so if you could create systems that were focused on particular kind of intelligence applications I don't really know how you define those um, you could, in in essence, have a multifaceted system, even even on a um, like a transistor kind of system that was doing these kinds of self improvements. So then, it's not necessarily science fiction because, it, in the sense that it's unattainable currently, like it, it's currently attainable, we just haven't done it. Right. If you know, okay. If sure. If that makes sense. Then the issue becomes if you have a system that's self improving at a particular rate, uh, it's incalculable the rate at which it would then move away from itself. So from point A, when it's turned on, you wouldn't be able to calculate or predict for how quickly it would then be able to self-improve beyond uh, the control of, of, of humanity. Yeah. Then we get worried because we get into like, we get into Jay-Z Tidal territory where... Where Tidal takes over the universe. <laughs> so, uh, what do you reckon, Eddie? What do, what, what do you think? Oh... It's scary, man. That's a scary thought. It's really frightening. It's scary because I mean, I remember once. Um, I can't remember where I read it. I can't remember. Someone was talking to me. Uh, well, no, sorry. Someone was telling me about something, and, and I was reading a book. Like, he told me to read this book. I can't remember what it was. But they were. They, uh, someone was. Uh, whoever wrote this book was talking to someone about the 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 idea of AI and stuff like that. And this person said that uh, computers aren't scary because you can just unplug them. Right. But then the person responds with, "Okay, how do you how do you unplug the internet?" <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, you don't you don't just get the the internet the internet doesn't go away. Exactly, it's always there. It's an interconnected system of computers. As long as one's up, it, and also, I mean, what happens if you turn off all the computers? When you turn back on, the internet's still there. So the response you gave is exactly the kind of response I always give to people who give, who 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 ask the same question. It's like, well, so you'll always have a point where you'll be able to notice that things are spiraling out of control and you can just rip the the cord out or whatever. But the trouble is with that kind of view is that it presupposes the wrong kind of system. So the the kind of system that 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 would ha- that would by definition be able to be intelligent would all, have to have by definition built in the capability to uh, circumnavigate that kind of problem. Like, so I can instantly imagine a kind of system which would, which would render that, that useless, like just pulling the plug out. Like imagine, like you, you probably have to have several yeah, cloud exactly. type networks set up or something like that. Something analogous to a cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, imagine what would happen if, imagine what would happen if, if this kind of system actually got loose on the internet. Like <laughs> it would just, God, Reddit would become self-aware and just become this sort of horrible monster of of, of pointlessness. <laughs> God, could you imagine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And bear bear in mind, this kind of system would also be self-improving all the while that it's carrying out whatever work that it feels like it's 
it's got to do. Like if it's a problem solving kind of machine, um, and it's it's self correcting all the time. What even whilst it's loose on the internet, it's improving itself uh, yeah. beyond measure. That is scary as shit. So, and and it's 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 instantly going to be more intelligent than any computer system that's also about you know yeah. national security systems would be obsolete. It would just take over them. Um, you know, all of our ne- daily news would probably start getting modified because, like, imagine if the computer, uh, if it was, uh, if it is a problem-solving kind of thing, it, it calculated that that humanity would would benefit from having better news. <laughs> um, like, it, like, like it would be a psychological benefit to humanity for us to have lies told to us, um, and it would just do it. That is, yeah, yeah. That's that's really scary. And then, like, and also, most people wouldn't know. Yeah. Weird, man. Weird. It's scary, yeah. You gotta think, but then also you gotta think also at the same time. If an AI, if if in this situation, which is obviously entirely hypothetical, did happen, would would it really be concerned with humans? Well, I, that that's a good question. I mean, I mean, wouldn't you be? No. <laughs> for, for example, if you were an extraterrestrial looking down on planet Earth, yeah, what would you identify as the main problem on this planet? The humans. I'd imagine it's probably not, say, uh, koalas or no. Yeah, it'd be like we need to get rid of these assholes. They're just chilling, man, in the trees, fucking chowing down on eucalyptus. They're, they're... giving people chlamydia. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what they do. Do you not know that? What the fuck, man? Koalas carry chlamydia. Fill me in on this. How ha- koalas carry chlamydia? Is this is this real? Is it? I'm- yeah, no, they, no, they actually do. I think one of the um, members of One Direction may have got chlamydia off a koala. <laughs> oh. that's, that's why Zayn left. Koala, look, if you type in koala bear, koala bear chlamydia, One Direction comes up. Koala bear chlamydia. <laughs> the STD threatening an Australian icon. It's BBC News. Um, it's unique to Australia. Uh, the koala is unique to Australia, an important symbol of the country, but numbers are plummeting and the survival koala is under one threat. One reason is a sexually transmitted disease, chlamydia. <laughs> oh my god. So this, this artificial intelligence is going to see koalas as a massive problem if it's going after fucking Zane from One Direction. <laughs> Zane's not in One Direction anymore, is he? He left. No, he, he got chlamydia off a koala bear. And he fucked off. Yeah, and so, um, it's, yeah, it's just funny. So you can get, you can get um, chlamydia. My entire worldview has just been absolutely destroyed. <laughs> but anyway, so moving back to be a bit off that. Oh. Um, well, yeah, okay, so, so, so maybe Koalas was a bad example, because obviously they're a far bigger <laughs> problem than I gave him credit for. But I see what you mean. Yeah, you, you would obviously be concerned. But I, I'm just thinking in terms of, of thinking a, a, an, an AI system, you know, a, a self-aware system like that, what would its aim be? What would it do? The initial programming would have some bearing on that, but not much if it's completely self-improving. Like, if it has a... I guess if it has a prime directive, which is a bit strange, that's always subject to change if it's, yeah. if it's self-modifying. What if, it, you... what, if it, what if it turns its own logic on itself and realises that the problem that it's... Like, one of the problems is its prime directive is incorrect. Yeah, but what if it if it you know, self improves so much to the point where it realizes that every action is futile, becomes entirely depressed, and then turns itself off? That's that's a really interesting. Now you see. Now <laughs> would awesome. would would an AI a uh, uh, completely? Uh, let, let's think of it in terms of like actually like AI as in it is just like a human's mind is an AI. Would it still be? Um, affected by things such as anxiety, depression, and other kinds of stress-based 
Well, not, not necessarily stress-based, but, you know, stress and those kinds of detrimental um, mental states. So that you, so you're wondering if, if, if an artificially intelligent machine would also suffer the similar kinds of psychological problems that, that humans do on a day-to-day yeah, basis? Yeah, especially, especially if they are, uh, you know, not necessarily, you know, many um, mental um, illnesses and, you know, the things that can affect people. Not necessarily genetic. Yeah, no, no, no so they not can, necessarily genetic at all. I mean, can, especially some some aspects of depression can be learned behavior. As in, when I say learned behavior, I don't mean um, learned from someone else, but as in uh, the the mind can put itself in that situation. Sure, and, I mean, um, so 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 I think I think the way to frame it is just to say that mental health disorders are neurophysiological events. They are um, they are products of brain chemistry and brain events, brain states. Um, so I guess with the artificial intelligence, uh, moving back to that quickly, um, there are a couple of views you could take on this. I mean, if you take the artificially, artificially intelligent system as an, as an analogue for how the brain is set up, if you just view the brain as, which, which you know, the standard view in neuroscience is, that um, consciousness is the product of brain states, various chemicals and hormones and, and whatnot, then it's difficult to see why an artificially intelligent system wouldn't at least have analogous uh, psychological kinds of problems because psychology itself is a product of a, pe- a piece of wet machinery if you want yeah however i guess you know there are other questions such as do you, is conscious something that's uniquely human is you know would an artificially intelligent system even if it's intelligent be conscious in the in an analogous way to humans um you know it, a lot of people uh, define consciousness in terms of in terms of experience so they say a conscious state is that there's something that it's like for x to or something that it's like to be x or something that's like yeah. to taste x or um so maybe maybe there maybe it wouldn't be the case with um with a piece of technology maybe there wouldn't be anything that it's like to be a machine or anything that it's like to in which case you might say it's not conscious but it's difficult for me to see if there is nothing that it's like to be a machine how it would experience depression yeah also i guess in the same way we're talking about something that is constantly self-writing it would just self-write itself you know what i mean it would it would just sort of oh god that's horrible isn't it it, it, it any problem it had it would just go Logic, 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 like, like I'm doing like a circle there, like thinking round it, and then it would fix that and keep going. Yeah, and it would it, it would it would already already have done it before we'd even identified it as a possible. No, it had a problem. Yeah, exactly. It would be depressed for less than a millisecond. Weird. Man. It'd be depressed for about a femtosecond, and then it would be fine. So, for all intents and purposes, this artificial, this imagined artificial intelligence would be psychic. Segway alert. Whoa, psychic! Also, can I just just before you segue? Did you see that Stephen Hawking said that um, AI is like the the big threat to humanity? I did see that. I'm the thing about Stephen Hawking is he comes out in the public media and makes a lot of claims Bold that are statements. outside. Well, the, yeah, but they're outside of his field of expertise. And mm. let me let me qualify that. I'm not saying that Stephen Hawking is stupid by any means. I mean, oh, God, no. <laughs> obviously, he's the founder of Hawking Radiation. He did uh, a lot of work on black holes that's very, very influential. Um, yeah. But he's a physicist. And mm-hmm. uh, the thing about the thing about the scientific community it, that, that everyone needs to bear in mind is that a scientist will be completely fluent in a very, very narrow field of his or her expertise. Yeah. And the general scientific attitude within the scientific community is to couch all of your claims in terms of, uh, I'm sure there's somebody around here that knows more about this subject than me, but, you know, I've heard this, and maybe you could 
fill me in. That doesn't seem to be the case with Hawking because he's a celebrity right. physicist. And he's yeah. he recently came, well, not recently, a couple of years ago, he came out and made some astrobiological claims about what aliens might look like. Now, he's not yeah, an astrobiologist. Yeah, yeah. He's not an exactly. astro... And he got absolutely uh, slated by the astrobiological community. However, the message that he conveyed about the, about extraterrestrials, because he's a celebrity, is still pervasive in the culture. Mm-hmm. So, so the general public think, well, Stephen Hawking said it, so so it must be right, must be true. What they didn't hear was the response to it from the astrobiological community. <laughs> was going, which was I've spent my life learning about this. You just yeah. go away. Yeah. But Stephen, Hawking go look at black holes or something. <laughs> yeah, go See, look at your big dense objects. So I'm mm. a little reticent to take uh, to what take. He a, says. Like if he if he make, comes out in 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 the public media and makes claims about black holes, for sure I'll, I'll defer to him on this subject. But yeah. I'd rather look at people who are you know uh, actually specialising in the subject of artificial intelligence. Yeah, man. Having said that, the the question he posed is still interesting. Um, just I, I I mean it's just on the basis that I don't know if um like the idea of artificial intelligence becoming self-aware and then being a threat to humanity is very sort of skynetty, you know, iRoboty kind of film narrative. You know, I don't know necessarily if if uh, uh why a artificial intelligent you know uh, if they made it would suddenly go ah oh, these humans I've got to kill them. <laughs> Well, I, you know, it, it might not. That's the thing. It, it might, might not. not. It might not because I mean, like, um, again, go, talking back to Interstellar, one, <laughs> one of my friends, the AI in that perfect. That is a robot. Right? Bro- <laughs> what the robot. fuck is a robot? He's a robot. That's your bro. He's a robot, right? Bro- <laughs> He's your robot, right? Why can't he be? Um, your, why can't he be your sister from another mystery? Well, because 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 it's a sister from another mystery. <laughs> well, I mean, all right, I I I don't mean robot as in like you know, obviously it's a sexist being, but it did have a male voice and it was called Lars. Yeah, yeah. So he was a robot. A robot. And also, I mean, uh. the fem- a female equivalent doesn't have anything that kind of fits within the word robot. Yeah. If someone finds one for me, then I'll be more than happy to take it on and use it in my day-to-day diction. But until then, robot. So, you know, I just think, I just think that. I mean, you know, they, uh, the ideas of um, artificial intelligence, I don't think should scare people. Because I think it could be a very, 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 very helpful, awesome thing if we can accomplish it. And also, I think it would do a lot to sort of answer maybe some um questions about the way that our um you know our self-awareness comes about and how it works dude don't don't contradict sam harris on the internet man you're gonna you're, you're gonna lose you all, what, that. all right you know what no you sam harris yeah you're a dick right come at me bro come don't at me it, bro don't, don't say come at me bro you are gonna get annihilated <laughs> come at me bro my name's eddie bose and i'm here saying you know shit and when i say you're gonna get annihilated what i mean is you're gonna get Basically, a load of people, people like us who just sit around all day <laughs> eating cheeses. It's thing... gonna be, it's gonna be you, isn't it? You're gonna send me loads of messages. Well, the trouble is, they seem to think that Sam Harris is authority because he's very charismatic, and he. I'm not even going actually. Fuck it, I'm not getting into criticizing Sam Harris. <laughs> I like him. I love him. I think he's shit. So, so I've so, never listened to anything he's uh, ever done. I don't even know who he is. I think he's shit. It's probably best. Just Sam stay Harris. Out, just stay out of it. You're <laughs> rubbish. No, I'm, joking. I'm joking. You might also have to. I shouted into my microphone. I probably peaked that like horribly. <laughs> but, 
getting back to <laughs> getting back to your your point. Um, so the reason one of the so one of the reasons that I would respond to it being just an overdramatization of 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 what could possibly be the case, I would direct you to uh, Sam Harris's blog actually on this www.samharris.org, and we'll put a link to the particular article that he wrote called "Can We Avoid a Digital Apocalypse?" Which I guess is a pretty provocative title. <laughs> Good but, God! <laughs> given the content, I think um, maybe justified. I don't know. Um, but he's basically just talking about would it would it be possible to develop a super intelligent AGI, and if so, what are the implications? Which is kind of what we've been touching on. And he also links in that article to a petition that you can sign, which after he apparently got the willies sent up him by this uh, this conference that he went to. It's a petition you can sign to kind of stop <laughs> to try and stop work being forwarded on this. Um, so you can go and sign that if you're if you get really really scared as well. I've actually, I, I signed it. <laughs> you signed so, Oh, come on. All right, all right, all right. Just as an offshoot, I don't actually hate Sam Harris. I'm looking at his blog. It seems quite interesting. I will have to partake in it. Oh, God. I'm, I'm cutting all this shit out. <laughs> right, so I guess, I guess, for all intents and purposes, this, this kind of imagined superintelligence could be called psychic. Psychic? So I guess the question I want to ask you, Eddie, is... Do you are you uh, a sports fan at all? Uh, I yeah, I like I like a few here and there. Do you feel I'm like on... do you do you feel like you've got a, a knack for predicting the outcomes of sport games or? Um, well, I know that England will lose. <laughs> Does that count? I yeah, I think that's a fairly robust prediction. Okay, actually. cool. And, because uh, we're not going to do well in the Rugby World Cup. Oh come on! Have you seen our group, man? It's not good. But what I want to point out to you like your koala thing is that apparently there are there are some psychic penguins that have been predicting the outcome of sporting events right so last time it was the octopus last time was the octopus now now we've got penguins yeah now i gotta say i do prefer a penguin over an octopus because penguins are fucking cool right and if 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 a penguin told me that you know actually england might win the world cup i'll be like you know what penguin i'm good with that so how do they predict it do they you know do they slap a fish on like a on a on a on a card or something like that? So they were trying to predict the outcome of of Aston Villa versus uh, Arsenal in the FA Cup final. Uh, two buckets, one with Arsenal's shield on it and one with um, AVFC's shield on it. Mm-hmm. And I think all the Penguins had to do was walk towards the uh, the bucket they thought was the most likely winner. Of course. So, with that in mind, what what do you think about the claims of of, of psychic mediums, Eddie? Uh, well, actually, um, on the the 28th of june which <laughs> which, which is just on sunday uh well not it's sunday in a few weeks um at my local pub they have a psychic night do they yeah they actually do a bunch of readings and and all that sort of stuff and uh my friend uh and i are going to go down there for what is going to be surely a night of pure revelry and entertainment so you're going to go down and get involved uh, uh, no i'm not going to get involved i'm just going to laugh my ass off um it because dear mark and i know we we you know the first one we we did the preface of skepticism and and that sort of stuff and you know you know not 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 just uh believing outright that things are imagine i'm getting this right not not just yeah yeah not just having your own like no this is right and nothing else right i Mm -hmm. i i i forward that claim but i also forward that claim with the exception of psychic which is it's all bullshit 
<laughs> and anyone that tells me otherwise is I'm no, I'm just gonna laugh at you. Well, I think sorry. I think it's I think it's fine to maintain the skeptical position which would say that I'm open to being convinced of psychic phenomena, it's just that there's no good evidence to support. I'm not even open to being convinced of it. <laughs> I'm just not anything else fine. That no. So what's your what's your your knockdown argument against the psychics? I, I don't even need an argument. It's it's ridiculous. There's never been any hard proof that it is anything more than a scam by someone. And you see those people like people who do like magic and you know that that's kind of psychology like Darren Brown for example. Oh, but Darren. But a fantastic um, examples of people who can do that but don't claim that they're psychic because it's just reading audiences and tricking people and psychological steps and such things. You think you think all the skills and the, the, the techniques on show can all be attributed to non-psychic sort of psychic explanations? Yeah, of course, entirely. Now, I don't know about it in the case of penguins for I am not a master of penguin psychology. I was going to say, how do you explain the penguins, mate? If, uh, if did, it's did, all... did they, Well, did they get it right? Well... We'll reveal that at the end when we've when we've come to a conclusion about whether psychics oh, okay, are. Right. Uh, okay, okay, I, I, I await this conclusion. Do you want to see if you um, can predict it? Well, we'll see if we can predict it. Well, well, for one, I don't actually know who won. <laughs> <laughs> so Arsenal won four nil. So they won a very very landslide victory over Arsenal. Aston. Won four nil. Right. Okay. Good. Right. I only say it because I've got friends who support Aston Villa, and that makes me happy. Why um, would anyone support Aston Villa? I don't know. We're but getting anyway, all uh, kinds of trouble on this podcast. But yeah, we're, I know, we're just slamming everything. Slamming Steve Jobs again. Again, uh, Sam, Sam Harris. Harris and anyone that supports Aston Villa. I like all of those people and things, okay, guys? <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> so we're 50-50. Yeah, exactly. It's great. Because um, I, can, I can take the abuse. It's fine. Um, I'm from La- I'm from London. That's yeah. why I'm, um, not, I'm from a tiny little field. <laughs> <laughs> You're from some moss, as we learned in the first episode. <laughs> I am um, moss, but yeah, <laughs> I'm moss. Um, but no, psychics rubbish. And I mean, like, it's the same thing with the octopus. Everyone's like, oh, the octopus it predicts the thing, and then it got it wrong, and everyone then probably took it to a sushi restaurant, and now it's, you know. Not alive. Uh, it'll be the same <laughs> in my belly. It's, it's in my belly. Psychic um, calamari. Psychic cat. Well, it wouldn't be calamari because that's a squid, Mark. All right, mate. I'm just trying to <laughs> trying to riff here, you know. Just trying to riff here. Wow, 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 wow. Um, but no, psychic penguins. Shut up, mate. Are you joking me right now? I like penguins. I think penguins are great. No, I'm just. I'm, I guess I'm just saying that if they've got the answer correct then uh, it's not attributable to sort of cold reading or any of the kind of techniques that uh, psychic charlatans No, but it was also make. a 50-50 chance. You're correct there. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, literally, it's not that unlikely that they get it right. No matter what the outcome of the, the actual match itself was, it was still a pretty high percentage that they'd get it right. Like I said, 50-50, if that was a gambling, like if that was a, like a slot machine, I'd play that, jeez. It's almost perfect guess statistics. Flip a coin. It'd be like, oh, that's just an idiot walking up to a bucket. When it's a, <laughs> when it's a penguin, that penguin's psychic. So you think that attributing it to psychic phenomena post hoc is just an easy thing to do. It's just a it, really... is, it is an easy thing to do. And I know that next... So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get... I'm going to get a squirrel and two nuts. 
right? And I'm going to paint the logo of two teams on it, and I'm put the square, and I'm going to see which one it goes. And then you know what's going to happen? Because Squirrel's a greedy bastard, he's going to grab both and bury them. And, I'll, and then I'll <laughs> look into the camera, and I'll be like, "That's because sport is for wankers." <laughs> I think you'll be delighted to learn that the Penguins actually got the outcome wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this whole conversation has been entirely pointless. May, no, but maybe, maybe, what if, right? They walked to the one of the team that was going to lose. Because I think they, well, yeah, good question. What How do they, they do? know? Do, do, do the people know? do people speak penguin? I don't think so. I think it's pretty easy to speak penguin. It's basically just like. Mum, mum. All right, that was the best thing that ever ever happened on this podcast. <laughs> was that you trying to do like pingu or something? That's me doing pingu. That's my pingu. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it's silly. I mean, so so the psychic octopus did better than these penguins. Yeah, but to be fair, it's got more arms. And as we all know, number of limbs greatly affects psychic activity. This is what happens when you wake me up at 12 o'clock on a Tuesday to do a podcast. So the, the themes we discovered today have been people with extraordinary brain power. So we've had Jay-Z with his business acumen, which apparently uh, was thwarted by the, the ever better 50 Cent. He has 99 problems, but 50 Cent ain't one. We've done artificial brain power. We've done computational brain power. We've talked a little bit about Alan Turing. We've done uh, psychic penguins trying to use their mental mental powers to, to predict the outcomes of football matches. So that yep. gives me great pleasure to announce that next week we're going to be having the ever, ever delightful Uri Bram on the show to be talking about some of his uh, his recent books. He's a very, a very guest. good author. A guest. Our first ever guest on the fourth episode of Wimcast. I'm severely looking forward to it and I hope that I can spend most of it sort of just bashing him in every way as I do with everyone else. He's an excellent kind of person, and he's got good hair. So he's good hair. I like good hair. Good hair, uh, good teeth. He's just generally an all-round swashbuckling type of individual. And he writes books. He does write a few books, uh, mainly e-books. I mean, you know, don't give him too much credit, but he's alright. <laughs> <laughs> You've already, he's not even on you're bashing him already. That's my job. He's not coming on next week. <laughs> he's not coming on this anymore. is a lot. But yeah, essentially, if you, if you want to get yourself familiar with Uri Bram, if you haven't already, go to his website, www.uribram.com. That's U-R-I-B-R-A-N.com. He is wonderful. There's lots of footage of him on there just putting himself out there to the world, giving tips on life in general and how to be a fantastic human being. But also, most importantly, how to be a wonderful mathematician. A mathematician. Yeah, he wrote a, he wrote a book uh, a few years ago called Thinking Statistically, and basically it turned me from an absolute bundle of primordial soup into the wonderfully put together disembodied voice you're hearing right now. Oh, well, fantastic! I'll have to check it out. It's on Audible. It's on Audible. He's that good. Is he? Is, is it himself that is um, narrating? Oh, he's he's narrating. His voice is the only one worth listening to, to be honest. I may I may have to give that a download because I do like my audiobooks. Betwixt the three of us, he will he will definitely be the most interesting individual that we've ever had. Oh, on the show. I, I don't I don't even doubt that. I mean, considering that the only other two people are us, <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> So we we, we very much look forward to having Uri on the show Oh it's going to be fantastic And uh, I look forward to listening to Eddie again Oh and I look forward to listening to Eddie again as well So with that we wish you a very very good day And uh, say bye Eddie Bye Eddie Bye (laughs) Ah!